You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Earn and Invest. We have a special episode today. This is a live recording of the Wealth with Purpose Mastermind, the mastermind I built from this podcast. Two things to know. First and foremost, because this is a live recording, the audio is not perfect. We had some internet glitches and people don't have professional mics. So just be aware this is not going to be the same quality of audio that we normally have on the podcast. And second of all, this is not meant to be self-promotional. The reason why I wanted to do this live recording is so that people could hear what happens in a mastermind group. What occurs when you get groups of people together who have common issues, ideas, themes that they talk about. What's amazed me about this mastermind is how many people have already changed their lives just in the few months that we've been doing it. A number of people have left their jobs, changed jobs, or started to do things that are more passionate for them. And that is the whole purpose of getting together and supporting each other. I'm not looking to promote myself. I'm not looking to promote wealth with purpose. In fact, we really don't have a huge amount of space anyway for more people in the mastermind. I just wanted to give all of you a taste of what being in a mastermind was like and why it might be important for you, not necessarily wealth with purpose, but any mastermind or group in which you can discuss issues with real life problems with other like-minded people. Take a listen. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back, everybody, to Earn and Invest. We are doing something a little different today. I am live with my mastermind group, Wealth with Purpose, and we are talking about what is going on with some of the members and what it feels like to be in a mastermind. First and foremost, this is a live episode, so none of this is pre-recorded. I have eight or nine members here from the mastermind on, so... Not everyone has a professional mic, so I apologize. Some of the voices may not be as clear as others, but we are going to be talking amongst ourselves about what it's like to be in a mastermind, what is happening in our lives, and you all get to listen in. Some of the members may use their names. Others may stay anonymous. Uh, Some of the members may ask questions in between. So if you hear voices that you don't recognize, don't worry about that. More importantly, what are the questions they are asking And what are we talking about today? It's all about changes in our lives and being in a mastermind. So without any further ado, I'm going to introduce our first mastermind member who's going to tell us what's going on with his life. Step up to the microphone, Ian, and tell us about yourself. Thanks, Jordan. Guess I'll start with um, 
why join a mastermind? Because I, I think that's, you know, the, the kind of crux of, of where I'm at and um, kind of some, some changes that I've recently made. So, so why join a mastermind? You know, I think I was, you know, like anybody else, I devoured all the, the financial independence podcasts and everything that's out there on the topic. And I was kind of in that boring, messy middle phase of, okay, we've made some purposeful changes um, in our lives. And now we're kind of just waiting, um, waiting for, you know, that, that money to grow. During this time, you know, I've, I've kind of done some self-reflection and, you know, listen to your podcast along with some others and, and listen to the tone change over the years to more, all right, what, what is purposeful? Uh, what makes a purposeful life and figuring that stuff out now? I kind of did some some reflection on my own. All right, what do I want to do? You know, what's my purpose? In the midst of thinking, all right, do I have a career coach? Do I kind of go that route? And it just so happens around that time, um, this mastermind opened up or the, or the opportunity for it opened up. So it's a very nominal investment. And uh, I said, hey, if it's uh, if it's uh, people that are like-minded and I can just talk and bounce ideas off them, you know, why not give it a shot? You know, since we've uh, started this and I've been a part of this, you know, I think being able to to kind of talk about things and actually have them out there and and um, speak to them as opposed to just in my mind, um, you know, has, has really been impactful for me. Um, and most recently, I had a big life change. I actually last week resigned from my traditional W-2 job you know, I, I won't give you guys all the credit um, and say that it was because of this mastermind, but I would say that it certainly was helpful to listen listen to other people's stories, where they are in their journey, you know, how they, you know, internalize things and, and, and the struggles that they have and maybe, you know, give me that courage to go, all right, you know, there's there's other people out here that, that are doing this, that have done it, that, you know, are making these drastic changes, um, kind of why not me? Tell us, Ian, about the decision to leave your W-2. How did you know the time was right? I struggled more with the actual action of it than than from the numbers perspective. From a numbers perspective, it's probably been right for a couple of years. And, uh, and so getting over that hurdle, you know, you think... All right, that's all I need. I need to know from a numbers perspective that all right, I'll be fine. Um, the more you start to think about it, you know, that's actually the easiest thing. I, I think the the number one motivating factor was was I have a very traditional or sorry, non traditional work schedule. Lots of nights, lots of weekends, um, lots of time away, and I have a young family. You know, a growing family at that. So. I think that finally having a mastermind like this to um, you know talk about these things and uh, being able to you know get over that mental block of not feeling like it's the right time or that you know one more year syndrome. Um, so to to fully answer your question, what what uh, made this the right time? Honestly, my daughter's first birthday, you know, not being able to be there for that really kind of catapulted me towards a decision that I was already teetering on. Um, and I, I think that kind of just pushed me over the edge to to make the uh, the leap. Talk to me about not having an income through a W-2 job. How does that feel? I know it's only been a week in some, but... Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of a cheater because uh, I don't have W-2 employment, but I'm still going to be um, working on like a contractual basis kind of as needed. 
So I think I have enough safety rails or, or bumpers up that, uh, that it made me feel comfortable with that. What makes me the, um, feel the best about it is my income was kind of always supplemental. My wife, her income and income generating potential surpasses mine greatly. So, you know, I, I think from a financial perspective, we probably won't feel it, you know, me leaving my job. Tell me, Ian, about the perspectives of the other people in your life. How did you explain to family and friends that, hey, you know, I'm going to stop working? What were the reactions? Yeah, I actually had a, a big family gathering this weekend that, you know, it was the first time I started talking to most of my family about it. And the obvious um, initial reaction is, oh, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do now? You know, I think once uh, once they realize the the motivation behind it is totally um, geared towards spending more time with with my family, people come around. A lot of people uh, awkwardly, weirdly congratulated me, and that goes not only for family, but you know, I have a number of professionals that I interact with at my job, and uh, when I told them about it, first it was it was shocking um, to to most because you know I'm in a, a fairly comfortable position, you know, I don't think anybody saw this coming. And, you know, the initial reaction is is very much the same. Oh, what are you going to do? You know, once you start talking about family, again, I got that weird enough reaction from coworkers, superiors um, that said, wow, that's awesome. You know, congratulations. You know, I w- and a lot of, I wish I could do that. Or I even got the, I wish I had the courage to do that, um, which, you know, makes it all that more gratifying and, and makes me feel like I'm definitely, you know, in, in the right path, you know, whether it's just a short snippet of my life, you know, right now, or, you know, I never go back to, to traditional work. Um, you know, I feel, feel at peace with the decision for sure. I want to throw a hypothetical at you. What if you had left not for your family, but p- to pursue a passion or an interest or something else that was not other people oriented? Do you think Others would be less accepting of that. Like, do you feel like in a sense by saying, oh, well, I'm leaving because I'm spending time with my family, that other people give you a little bit of a pass or it's more acceptable? Oh, certainly. Honestly, if I said anything that is more unrelatable to people, I think they would have said, oh, you'll be back. Oh, this this is just a phase. I think I actually would have gotten um, from my superiors a lot more um not pushback, but attempts at trying to get me to to change my mind. You know, I think uh, the initial conversations once you know I got to that point um, of telling them the reason, I, you know, I didn't get a lot of pushback. But I think if it would have been a more vague reasoning or hey, I'm I'm trying to fulfill this this purpose, that they probably would have tugged a lot more, and um, definitely would have been a different response. Ian, I'm curious, do you see this as something that's going to be like a temporary thing that you'll do for like a year or two? Or do you think that this is longer term? Are you just open to seeing what happens as time goes on? I'm the type of individual that thrives on community. Um, So something like this, you know, is perfect. Um, I think my, my work has been a huge source of community. So not having that, it'll be interesting to see if, if I really go back to working just for that, you know, just for the sheer sense of, of having that belonging and, and interaction with, with others. So that's why I hesitate to just say that I won't, you know, I'll never go back because I don't know what's, what that's going to be like just yet. Certainly from a financial perspective, 
I wouldn't have to at this point in our life. We'll see. Ian, Roger here. Um, curious, and as a fellow dad and parent, I'm curious, you're, you may transition to kind of being the stay-at-home dad. And I wonder, is that something you embrace? Is that something, well, I see that as a temporary sort of situation. There's a gender divide here, right? And I'm curious, like, kind of how you interpret it as a, another guy. There's two things um, that will answer this question. Number one is uh, that fact of being a stay-at-home dad actually terrifies me and um, isn't exciting for me. So to answer your question, I'm actually going to work at my kid's daycare. If you work um, 10 hours a week, you actually get almost a 75% discount. So what that does is it allows me to have more time with my kids, but leaves me with the ability to not feel uh, chained to that daddy daycare, you know, uh, stay at home dad lifestyle. So we'll see. I, it'll be interesting once they get past the um, the daycare stage, you know, how that is. But with having such a uh, non-traditional schedule and my wife working a very traditional nine to five schedule Monday through Friday, I actually, I like to think my wife might disagree, but I like to think that I do a lot of those take on a lot of those responsibilities anyways of grocery shopping and trying to clean the house and um you know trying to trying to get food ready so i think i think i already do some of that role um in just our normal setup but uh yes the the stay at home dad thing really um and and that may have actually been a mental barrier for me for a while and um when we could kind of figure this out to be able to kind of have the best of both worlds you know i think i i felt a lot more comfortable it's interesting hearing you talk through it. It uh, strikes me as almost what some people have called fully funded lifestyle change uh, rather than necessarily retirement. And you were talking about how the mastermind helped you kind of get comfortable with it. Was there anything in particular that you, uh, looking back, like a conversation or anything that happened that, that you kind of think back to and say, yeah, that was kind of a pivotal moment for me? What I would say is even the very first day hearing where all of you are at different points or those of you that have made the, you know, the transition, you know, away from a normal W-2 income, I actually think that was enough to, to, you know, you always know it's out there, but when you feel like now you know people, have met people, have interacted with people that have made that leap already. It makes it feel a little less scary because I don't know anyone, you know, in in my close circle that has ever done that. You know, everyone that I know is going to work until they're 75 and hope that someday they can just retire or that they'll have to retire because they physically aren't capable of working anymore. So I think it wasn't one thing. It was just listening to everybody talk about their experiences and realizing this isn't that scary. A lot of people do this or, and, and maybe we're cherry picking because we are in a mastermind that's five focused. But uh, I would say that it just makes you feel a little bit more comfortable knowing that, that other people have already done it. Um, and, and to, to piggyback a little bit off your first comment, we're very much uh, me and my wife on like the, the kind of coast five path. We've kind of hit that point of, not needing to fully fund our retirements that we can't touch for many years from now. So we both get a lot of enjoyment from working and I would like to continue to work um, in some capacity. You know, that's, that's kind of a, where we're at 
as far as our journey with financial independence, I don't think we're so focused on just retiring and, and being done. I think we do both get enjoyment out of our field. So, Ian, I'm curious what has been most surprising for you since you made um, this formal announcement, this uh, formal change, whether that, I mean, I'm sure you had a lot of ideas about how you might feel or how other people would react. And I'm just curious as to um, if something surprised you either about yourself or other people since you um, made this decision finalized and started telling people? Yeah. So there's two things that really surprised me. Number one was how supportive everyone was of leaving. You know, I I manage a team of about 15 people. And so it's a it's a big undertaking for finding my replacement. And I think them being almost supportive of it felt weird to me. Um, you know, you always think they're going to, well, what if we pay you this? And what if we do that? And what do you mean you're leaving? And it's going to be very, you know, argumentative or, or hostile. It was very much not, that was not something I expected. And then the other thing, and and maybe it's the timing, maybe it's maybe it's my my field or my area, but the number of opportunities on a per diem basis that that came my way is like astonishing. I kind of feel like I could already, you know, make as much or more than what I was making just off of, you know, random opportunities that exist. So I think you always worry like, you know, oh, I'm going to go away from my job and then I'm never going to be able to go back or I'm never going to be able to make that much or and I'm actually pleasantly surprised that I think I could easily make as much, um, if not more, just kind of piecing things together. So those are the two things. That's pretty cool because it's like, you know, there was uh, two things that surprised you, but both in the positive way, you know, it's like fears that didn't come to pass or turned out better than you expected. So I, I feel like anybody who would be in your shoes contemplating a move might be like afraid of all the worst things happening. And then, you know, as it turned out, things were actually better. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And definitely the reaction of those that I told um, almost being supportive was probably the best thing that could happen because I think I did in my mind think they're going to be mad, upset, hostile about it. You know, I think I built that up in my mind. I think that was the the best, you know, surprise that could happen. Ian, do you ever see yourself going back to becoming a W-2 employee again? Or if it's under your control, do you think you'll ever step back into the employee role? I probably won't step back into a management role. That I could probably say for sure, or a supervisory role, I guess I'll say. If it's under my control, I probably would not go back to a traditional 40 hours, you know, work week that I have to be there and and have to do those things. I think I've already in my mind planned so many things to do with the newfound flexibility that I don't I don't think I'll I'll go back to that. And if I do from a financial perspective or just a um, personal perspective, feel the, the need to be drawn back, I think I can ramp up and ramp down so easily now um, with the number of opportunities that have, have already come my way that I honestly don't think I'll need to. Even if I want that interaction and connection, I think I'll be able to get it without, without a traditional W-2. Yeah, and congratulations, first of all. Great news to hear. Um, I wanted to understand... I think you were kind of like leading into the question that I'm asking is what what are you, I guess, uh, taking a break into? What are you retiring into other than spending time with your family? You were kind of like saying that you already have your hands full. So would like to know uh, more about that. 
I'm definitely not retiring. <laughs> um, I'm retiring to continue to to work. So that's a lot of what I'm referencing when I say that is that I already have a, a couple of side jobs lined up to be able to um, ease this transition, I guess. Part of what I hope to continue to get out of this is to figure that out. You know, and I'm I'm realizing that the more you think about it, the more you know, you, you have no clue, you know, about what you want to do. Um, or, or I should say that, that I don't. So I think having this almost like transitional period to be able to explore that more, I think the first step was taking a step back and having that distance and that time to be able to start to explore that more fully. I think the way I was working, I was so wrapped up in it that you know, I didn't feel like I even had time to think about what could I do? What would I be retiring to? What what can I do next? I think right now I'm focusing on creating that space to be able to look into that more. And um, hopefully I'll find it. And hopefully you guys can all help me with it. <laughs> that was Ian's story. You are listening to a live conversation on the Wealth with Purpose Mastermind. This is Earn and Invest. We are going to take a short break and then we will be back with Michael. This is the Earn and Invest podcast. This episode is brought to you by Range Rover Sport. Range Rover Sport leads by example. With a visceral, uncompromising, and dramatic feel, this car helps you rise to the occasion. How does it do that? Range Rover Sport has powerful on-road performance and commanding all-terrain capability by combining assertiveness with signature Range Rover refinement. This is the car that redefines sporting luxury. The new Range Rover Sport features advanced cabin technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification, purposeful cockpit-like driving position, and award-winning PIVI Pro infotainment is at the heart of the experience and provides intuitive control of the vehicle systems. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. Once again, explore and build your Range Rover Sport at L-A-N-D-R-O-V-E-R. USA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, service key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize, and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash earn. That is linkedin.com slash E-A-R-N for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash earn and get started. We are back, and this is a live recording with the Wealth with Purpose Mastermind here on Earn and Invest. We just heard Ian's story, 
And now I want to introduce to you, Michael. Michael, tell us about yourself. Hey, Jordan. Um, yeah, I guess where to begin? I, I think of myself in a, a lot of different roles. I'm a, a husband and a dad. I have two little ones. They're three and one, almost two and four. So that uh, that keeps me very busy. And I also work as a physician. Um, so I'm uh, one of those ones in the group and definitely not all physicians in the group. There's just a, a few of us that were attracted, I think, for for similar reasons. I joined up the group when, uh, you know, when you first announced it, I thought that it, it was a really nice natural fit. You know, I think anybody that listens to the podcast is is probably somebody who's thinking, contemplating about purpose and, and, um, and connections and identity. And, um, you know, so I'm not somebody like Ian, who's made any big dramatic life changes since uh, since joining the mastermind, but but maybe the mastermind has helped that. You know, I, I think I came in here having some some big questions that I was hoping to kind of hash out with like minded people, and a lot of it just stemmed from you know we kind of get into this fire fi financial independence space and we do the numbers, and then there's just this really big black hole after that of what's next. And you know, to uh, Jordan, to your credit, you've really tackled that between the book and the podcast. Um, but this is like a more live interactive forum where we can really discuss those things. And, you know, I had a lot of things on my mind to that end that I was hoping that we could, you know, discuss as a group, something that ha has really been a truth that's been helpful for me has been figuring out that I, I like being a physician, and I think I'm good at it. But I really like being a teacher. And I have the opportunity to be a um, a teacher and, and somebody who uh, teaches docs uh, in their in their phase of learning. And so, you know, it's not that I have to leave medicine or that, you know, it's not a, a, an identity that's good for me, but that we can hold these like multiple identities and really lean into the aspects of it that are that are most helpful for us. I've loved talking to other folks in these various stages. Uh, you know, I hear stories from people like Ian. Um, one of the real joys of, of working with this group has been being able to ask him and pick his brain and be like, you know, ask about what surprised him, what's been great about it, what's been hard about it, and, and, and kind of try to learn from other people that are in different stages uh, of this process and been really helpful. Um, sometimes it's just simple questions like asking what's something that you're hoping for for a year from now or what's something that you know, a five-year-old version of yourself would have been proud of. And, you know, sometimes those answers surprise you. And, um, but that's, that's been the value of talking it out with other people who are, who are in a group like this. Michael, have you found that you can have these conversations with other doctors or people who might not be part of this financial community? You know, I think it, it's, it's possible, but it's challenging. I actually, um, for the past several years, have talked to some uh, people about starting like a local mastermind, some people that I kind of hand curated and thought like, you know, these would be good people to talk about some of these deeper topics, get together once a month or so and, and uh, just enjoy some some deeper conversation. And I found that it's difficult. Um, you know, I think that there is um, not a ton of overlap um, in the physician space. I found some in, in other spaces, but you know, you know, like I said, part of the the draw of coming to a group that are, are people that listen to the pod are, you know, these are all people that are thinking deeply about these um, identity and purpose questions, and so it's a, a pretty common ground to start on. So um, that's incredibly helpful. My wife is really supportive of these conversations, so that's been um, something that's help, been helpful in my journey. Um, and we talk about a lot of these things, and we struggle with a lot of the things that it sounds like Ian struggled with of you know, having the young kids, wanting to spend time with them, 
but wanting to do meaningful work as well and having other identities and hobbies that we're trying to serve. And and so we talk about those things a lot, but outside of the context of the marriage, it's hard to find uh, people that are looking at similar things. Medicine is like a lot of other careers in America these days where folks are very much in it as an identity and that becomes the person that you are. Um, and I've just always been somebody that feels like I have so many other aspects that um, I want to explore and that I want to be part of the person that I am and and to be able to express. And so it's uh, it's definitely sometimes nice to step outside of those circles and, and talk to other folks about those things. Michael, what does the ideal life look like to you? Like if you could have things the way you want it to be, what do you see that being and how far away are you from that? You know, I think that I I really love what I do in in teaching and helping young doctors through the educational process and uh, through the challenges. Um, and so I think that's that's part of it, but it's not all of it. You know, family and relationships are very important to me too. Um, and then I have this whole other kind of completely unrelated side of me that's the five-year-old boy side that's just obsessed with with all things airplanes and aviation. And I just need to have that part of my life. And there's the more academic philosophical side that, that, you know, I just need to explore as well. So it's really hard to say, Jordan. I think that at this point, um, family life is so demanding that it, it's become, you know, a very prominent part. And I realize that that's kind of, you know, just, just the phase of life. And, and I think that was one of the first things you pointed out to me was just kind of, you know, sometimes you need to give yourself a little bit of a break. There are different phases for things, um, you know, aside from, from that, which will always be important, I think the ideal life would be a balance of some of those things and not any of them exclusively. And so the challenge becomes, how do you, how do you orchestrate that? And how do you do the art of subtraction? You know, and so that's something that I've been trying to focus on a lot is, well, how do I keep the things about all those various things that I want to be part of my perfect life? How do I keep the essence of it and try to cut out um, or subtract the less pleasant parts of it? Tell me about the integrating your needs to do this with your spouses? Is she going through some of these same questions? Is she facing some of these same issues? Yes, it is very, very intertwined. So she has actually been trying to cut back on her hours at work. She works for a nonprofit. Um, she does very strong mission-driven work and she loves what she does and she does not want to stop working. Uh, even if we're at a point of financial independence, um, at least not right now. But her working a full-time job plus call and me working a full-time job plus call has been definitely challenging, um, especially you know with young children. And so she's been actively trying to work on cutting back. And we were hopeful that that would happen this summer. And that would be sort of the first domino to fall to help us um, in this lifestyle design. And unfortunately, it didn't work out. And um, we're going to have to revisit that in the spring with her employer. And so I'm a little bit reluctant to make um, any significant moves on my side until we see how that works out. But it's definitely the type of thing that, you know, it's it's a, it's a family decision in every regard. We just have to, you know, keep working together, keep communicating. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just, I think we're both just happy that we feel like we're moving in the right direction, even if things don't, we can't plan things out perfectly. And it's not always um, exactly what we want. That's okay. We feel like we're on the same page and moving in the right direction. Is is there a reason that you know, you're waiting for her to be able to step back? Um, have you looked at 
the opposite. You know, maybe you've taking a step back and allowing for some some space to maybe explore some of this stuff. It's a really good question. It's a complicated one. We've talked about it a lot. I mean, almost every day in the past week, it seems like. And that's something that I've actively considered. There's there's some, I mean, there's some logistical things. My earning potential is higher than hers. And so, you know, uh, it wouldn't, um, me cutting back wouldn't, would have a little bit bigger effect on that regard. But fortunately, we're at a spot, you know, by, by making over the past 10 years that we don't have to make dollars be the primary driver there, which is really the reason why I, I feel so strongly about people pursuing, um, you know, FI and, and we're certainly not FI yet, but we don't, I just mean to say that we don't have to make, you know, money be the the primary driver in those decisions, but it is a factor, you know, and, and so that's one thing. Um, the other thing is just more of a technical one, like for me to, to cut back at work is like less straightforward. It's not impossible. Um, one of the things that I like about talking to you guys about this stuff is that somebody always says like, Hey, well, you say this can't be done. Like, why not? You know, I mean, who who says, you know, why can't you try? You know, what what's the worst that's, that could happen? So I, I, I like that you challenge that. And, and it may, it's probably something that I'm going to noodle on a little bit. Yeah, I like I'm, I'm interviewing a guy named Jay Zygmunt tomorrow, and he talks about child free couples. But one of the things what he often talks about is this idea of the gardener and the rose phenomenon and how in a relationship Often one spouse or one partner can be the gardener while the other person is the rose, right? So the gardener is going to do a lot of the hard work while the rose is kind of shining and do the thing they need to do. And then you switch places. And so as you were talking about that, Michael, I was very much thinking about like, you will have different seasons of your lives where one of you is going to be the gardener and one of you is going to be the rose. And then you kind of switch. And so sometimes when you have young kids, it's actually the high income earner who has to be the gardener at that time in your life. But that doesn't mean it's always that kind of situation. Yeah, I like that analogy. Um, and I think that you know, Ian was talking about the, you know, his, his concerns about stepping into more of a childcare role. And one of the things that I was thinking in my head about Ian, and maybe you could speak to this, I don't, I don't know if this is true or not. But, you know, I think uh, it sounds like you've had some like pretty good professional success. And like, you know, it's hard to step from that into parenting, which is not something that is fi- constantly filled with accolades and and feeling of um, like that you're crushing it every day. I mean, I'm sure you're a great dad, but it can it definitely has a lot of challenges. And so, you know, I'm also cautious to not lean too much into that. You know, lean too much into that like comfort of being like, if you go to work, at least I know I'm taking home a paycheck, and that's something that's measurable, that's good. Or I'm doing this work where you know I'm I'm being told that I'm doing a good job. Because the truth is that, you know, some of the best things that you do in life are are really hard. And, you know, I love hearing stories like Ian's about how he's just going to lean into that, uh, lean into that hard. Yeah, I think it's still something that I struggle with because of that, that fear that you lose that validation. And internally, you know, taking care of your kids is, you know, and being there for them is one of the most important things you can do for them. Externally, it doesn't look or feel the same, you know, because no one's giving you a pat on the back and saying, thanks for keeping your kids alive today. Um, and, uh, and being there for them, you know, whereas you, you, you accomplish something at work, you know, you get multiple people of thumbs up, you know, congratulations. So I think I'm trying to lean into it and I, I don't know, I don't know what it's, what's going to come of it. I think it's really uncomfortable for me to be honest, um, to try and lean into that, but 
I think that's kind of what it's all about, right? Leaning into that discomfort. The the thought is that it'll make you stronger when you when you kind of make your way through it. Um, I don't have a perfect answer, and uh, I think I have still a lot of the same um, hesitations that that you would. I think I I somehow just convinced myself to do it. I, I still like it as an answer because it's perfectly honest, <laughs> and that's exactly. I mean, it's that's all you can ask for. Well, you know, Michael, I wanted to thank you for being on the show today, as well as our Wealth with Purpose Mastermind members. You know, the truth of the matter is there are no perfect answers, and I think that's the idea of doing this mastermind is that because we have no perfect answers and we're each individuals, which means we have our own paths to take. No one can tell us exactly how to do what we're going to do, but people can listen and we can support each other and we can help each other with new ideas and a fresh view on what's going on in each other's lives. And that support and that encouragement often can take us from the place of understanding the numbers and understanding philosophically that we have some power in our lives and we can start designing the lifestyles we want to actually having the courage to take action. And I think that's the benefit of a group like this one. Before we go, however, I wanted to give voice to a few more members of the Wealth with Purpose Mastermind. So this is Roger. What's on your mind? Right. I'm hugely appreciative of this group. And I think about how special it is. Um, Like many of you, I've been listening to a ton of FIRE podcasts. And the focus has generally been on that number. And so this has been a wonderful opportunity to kind of pivot towards those bigger, broader questions. I think about how hard it is, at least in my life, I'm an attorney. Um, There's kind of the constant need to show engagement. And so certainly this is not something I would feel comfortable talking with coworkers about um, or talking to other professionals. And the reality is there are very few people in kind of my real world sphere that would be in a similar situation. I think even I have a mental health counselor um, and I think about how whiny it sounds to say like, hey, I have some money. I want to take a break, you know, like to be to I need to be able to give myself the permission to do that. And um, anyways, these conversations of of burnout or toughing it through are are tough, particularly for myself as a male. Um, so anyways, this has been a great safe space for that. Some things that I've sort of learned from the broader group, Doc G, in your book, you talk about giving ourselves the grace of just not knowing um, and the impermanence of the decisions that we're going to make. I think often when I think about the decision of kind of walking away from the career, um, I view it as this huge multi-million dollar decision, right? You know, if one is earning $100,000 over, you know, another 10 or 20 years, that's that's millions of dollars. And that feels dire and serious and something in which um, I would be sacrificing something that seems very real and tangible for my own benefit. And so anyways, that's been something that has been challenging for me to struggle with. I I also just want to say, you know, Jordan has, he's the real deal. Like um, I was kind of just kind of puzzling. And so what is this group? What's the point of it? Like, is Jordan making a ton of money off of it? No, he's not. (laughs) This is really Jordan and his way of giving back. He doesn't have to do this. And he he has been so generous with his time. One-on-one sessions, 
how am I not using kind of the financial independence that I've built to, to make some sort of action, um, whether that's going part-time or just kind of pivoting to something that is a bit more fulfilling. So anyways, I, I need that. And uh, the reality is that I don't have that many other people I can talk to about that. Yeah, Roger, it, it is my pleasure. And as I've told many of you, the the money that actually comes from this mastermind pretty much goes directly to support the podcast. So no, I am not making a killing on doing this. And uh, I try to do as many one-on-one sessions, which some of you know, because you've taken me up on it and some of you haven't. But um, to me, I think that's where the real grit and the real learning and the real bonding takes place is when we, I think, really work deeply on each other's issues and really provide that listening ear, which I just think is so important. Philip, you also had some things you wanted to comment on? I guess I um, originally read your book and then found the um, your podcast after that. And it sort of all came together for my life and sort of a Vintage uh, Wealth with Purpose mastermind is that I feel like I've been, you know, w- w- how much is enough? When can I move to something else? When can I transition? from working to not working. And through this group, I've met other people in this mastermind that sort of helped me go from accumulation to thinking about decumulation and about what retirement would look like and how much is enough. But then the more I listen to you, I've listened to you, you be interviewed on other podcasts and sort of like follow your journey about like, okay, once I'm, I think I'm there, what's next? What is this? Is just the start. This is not the finish. And you know, from there, the you know, what can I? How do I structure my life to have what I want and still keep looking for? You know, through some of your words of community, purpose, sort of what's next in my life. I do have a lot of. I'm. I think I have a, enough. I'm just restructuring things. I'm going through a lot of CPA and tax things to sort of get to a comfortable place that. I can be comfortable doing what I'm doing now. I think that I'm not going to change my day to day, but I'm going to be more comfortable and less anxious about it. And that's what this group has provided more clarity about where I'm going and what's next. All right. Well, this has been the earn and invest podcast, and we are talking live with the wealth with purpose mastermind. Thank you guys all for showing up. That's a wrap. Earn and Invest is now part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to this show as well as other fine podcasts. All right. Anyone else have anything they want to include in the after show? You definitely don't need to. But if you have anything else you want to say, here's the shot to say it. I mean, I I would just echo what the other people said. Um, And I mean, I'm just I am very grateful to you, Jordan. One of the Roger, it's funny you said that one of the first questions I asked Jordan was basically like, you know, why is he doing this? And, um, you know, just the genuineness of the answer was awesome. So I do appreciate I really appreciate it, Jordan. You know, you you. you walk the walk, as they say, um, and uh, and it's been a pretty cool group to be a part of. Uh, you know, I appreciate that. And I have to tell you, you know, one of my biggest fears, especially when I started doing this is, you know, am I enough to make this worthwhile for you to be here? Right. Because 
I am not, and I've said this to you guys multiple times, I am not an expert masterminder, right? I haven't gone to school to learn how to take people from step A to step D where they are in their lives, etc. But I'm just so, I just have this huge conviction that getting like-minded people in the same room to eat together and having them listen to each other's stories and, and provide feedback is just such a positive thing, right? And so, like I said, many of you guys have had one-on-one -on -one conversations and I am willing to really probe right into your story, as any of you guys know. Like I'm willing to push and push and prod and probe. So, I mean, I think there's some value in that, but I, I think a big part of the value is just to get some people who are in that same place together. Um, and that's what I love about this group of people is because I think we're all kind of struggling through that messy middle, right? And, you know, we're so fortunate and we worked so hard to get where we are today. But then there's like this this block there because we're not exactly sure how to actually enjoy what we've worked so hard to get. Um, and that's what I think is kind of that's just it's a magical place to help each other through. It feels really good to be productive, but a lot of the time it's easier said than done, especially when you need to make time to learn about productivity so you can actually, you know, be productive. But you can start your morning off right and be ready to get stuff done in just a few minutes with the Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day podcast. New episodes drop every weekday, so listen and subscribe to Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts. That's Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts. You care about your money. Of course you do. So why aren't you listening to SoFi Daily? This podcast will keep you updated on the latest news in the stock market and how it could impact your financial life. Stay on top of what's happening. Listen to SoFi Daily wherever you get your podcasts. That's SoFi Daily wherever you get your podcasts.